welcome back to another episode of the Body and Mind Strong podcast. My name is Renee, your host and transformational fitness coach. My mission with Body and Mind Strong is to help you achieve your health and fitness goals and maintain long-term success by giving you the proper tools through online fitness training and behavioral coaching. We are rolling along in our episode 33 today. Today's topic came from two different areas, but the core involves protein. First, I'm going to talk about an article I read about a research study on increased protein in women ages 50 to 80 years young to aid in fat loss. Then I'll briefly discuss the trigger that led me to research more protein sources. Finally, I'm going to sum up how I'm increasing protein in my diet given the struggles with my current living situation, and then tell you my stance on how much protein I think you need to lose fat. Okay, now the article I'm referring to comes from Dr. Bill Campbell out of Florida and is a monthly research review called Body by Science. If you've never heard of Dr. Campbell, I would definitely check him out. I've been following him for about a couple years now and I like how science-based his information is, which makes sense considering he is a professor of exercise science at the University of South Florida and is the director of the Performance and Physique Enhancement Laboratory. I have some of his links in the show notes, so check him out. The study reviewed is called Effects of whey protein or is hydrolyzate. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to mispronounce that through this entire podcast. So again, it's effects of whey protein or it's hydrolyzate supplements combined with an energy restricted diet on weight loss, a randomized controlled trial in older women. Side note, the link to the studies in the show notes as well. Okay, the obvious. This study caught my eye because it was on older women. And as for those who've been around the block like me, you know the factor is big, as there is not a great history of fitness studies done on women, especially older women. In this study, which I'm going to keep super simple, but give you enough just to give you the highlights, they basically study 48 women ages 50 to 80 who had an average body fat percent of 37, who were generally healthy, and had a sedentary lifestyle prior to the study. These women were broken down into three groups, a control group, the whey protein group, and the whey protein hydrolyzate group. What is whey protein hydrolyzate, you say? I'm glad you asked. Instead of trying to explain it, I'm going to read it straight from the article as I think Dr. Campbell does a great job of explaining things. He states it's a subset of the whey protein isolate quote, the highest quality of whey protein, specifically its pre-digested protein containing mostly dipeptides, two amino acids, and tripeptides, three amino acids, which are absorbed more rapidly than intact non-hydrolyzed proteins, i.e. whey. They were all put on an eight-week diet where the calorie protocol was 500 less than their estimated energy balance. But the two weight groups were given an extra 16 grams of protein on top of the calorie protocol each day. No exercise program was given, but their activity levels were monitored. Results? They found the weight groups consumed more calories, which included the 16 grams of protein and some other extra calories, and they lost more fat than the control group. Also, the protein hydrolyzate group lost more fat than the whey protein. Now, of course, the study has its strengths and weaknesses. However, despite the weaknesses, it showed that even if one does not meet what is determined as, quote, optimal levels of protein, which is 0.75 to 1 gram per pound of body weight, just increasing your protein a little can have a positive effects on fat loss. Now, the last part of what I just said is the most important statement to take from this review, in my opinion. Even if you can't ingest the optimal levels of protein, 
just increasing a little bit can still make a difference. Again, if you're interested in reading more about this study, the link is in the show notes. Okay, on to the second area that led me to this podcast, and that has to do with my own personal health and fitness journey and being a picky eater with a tiny kitchen. For those who don't know, I live tiny. Well, actually, it's more like micro, as the travel trailer I live in is only 18 feet long, and that includes the tongue. (laughs) Shocking, right? I know, but it's cute, I've got to say. Now, for the reason for the size is my goals I have around traveling with it for a little while, so it's working for now. However, The downside to this is I'm currently living in the desert and it's summertime, which means the stove does not come on at all. (laughs) I'm currently working on getting an outside stove that I can also grill on, but till then I'm pretty much working with raw foods like salads and protein shakes and microwavable items. Now, in my fitness journey that I'm currently on, I've been adjusting in my macros to find a good mix for the current phase I'm in and finding that I'm struggling to meet my protein goals. So in the past few months, I've been researching foods that I can mix in that will accommodate my limited space and cooking options. Oh, and foods that are not meat. No, I'm not vegetarian, just a picky eater, like I said. I'll go into what I found, but would like to discuss the question I get quite often first, and that is how much protein do I need to lose weight? As mentioned prior, the ideal range is 0.75 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. However, When working with my clients who are overweight, I have them shoot for 0.75 to 1 gram per lean mass. As if I'm working with someone who's 200 pounds and only 5 foot 2, I do not want them to try to get in 200 grams of protein in. So, if their lean mass is around, let's say 110 pounds, I'll have them shoot for around 82 to 110 grams of protein. Make sense? Now as for the list of proteins, you can find some great basic lists on the internet. Here, I'm just going to talk about what I'm doing to increase protein, but paying attention to carbs and fats. Okay, first, peanut butter. Yes, peanut butter is a great source of protein, but keep in mind it's an amazing source of fat and some carbs. Two tablespoons of peanut butter has roughly around 190 calories, 16 grams of fat, 6 grams of carbs, and 7 grams of protein. See the ratio of fats to protein, 16 to 7? So even though it's a source of protein, it's definitely a source of fat. So I end up going back to the PB2 brand, which I put in my morning oatmeal. It has 60 calories, 1.5 grams of fat, 5 grams of carbs, and 6 grams of protein. And that is per 2 tablespoons. So with the PB2, I get to keep the protein but decrease the fats, which I can save those fats for other meals. Next, vegan frozen options. I just started trying the brand Gardein and I'm digging the chicken nuggets, which have per serving 190 calories, 14 grams of protein, 8 grams of fat, and 16 grams of carbs. The ratio of these macros actually almost fit my macro goal perfectly. Downside, I have to utilize my mini oven outside, which is not very convenient, especially when a monsoon is rolling through, but it works. I have also tried a couple of their bowls, which are really good, but have way too many carbs for my current fitness phase. One bowl I tried had over 60 grams of carbs, so carb to protein ratio wasn't very good, and I'll be saving those for my next phase. Protein shakes is the next one. The reason I bring this up is I've noticed two things. First, I ran out of my normal protein powder and started using pre-made shakes to hold me over till I can make a supplement run up north. 
When I started ingesting the pre-made shakes regularly, I noticed my body was not responding as well as it used to, thus proving I needed to stick to powder with my almond milk. Second, I used different brands of protein powder and noticed the latest brand had a higher percentage of carbs than the others and was throwing me off when I wanted to just increase the protein. So the lesson here is to take a look at where you're at in your diet and pay close attention to the macros in the protein powders. Oh, and listen to your body. It will tell you when something is not right. Now, the brand with the higher carbs, I'll go back to it when I start my next fitness phase where my calories will increase. So don't be afraid of switching out protein powder brands to match whatever fitness phase you're in. Plus, switching out brands helps decrease the chances of burning out and getting sick of a specific brand or flavor. Finally, I found adding hard-boiled eggs back in really helped me. They may only have about an average of 6 grams of protein per egg, but they're making a difference for me. However, there's a catch. I have to boil water to make them, which is not going to happen right now. That's why I stopped to begin with. So I found I have to use my parents' kitchen to do that one. Lesson here, you may have to sweet talk someone else into letting you make pre-made meals at their place. Oh, one more. I also started adding more dairy back in. I originally decreased it to see how my body would respond and I didn't really see any changes. So I'm adding plain Greek yogurt back in along with the cottage cheese I have about three to four days out of the week. And that is definitely helping out. I do have some more ideas I'd like to try out. And once I do, I'll probably do another episode and let you guys know. Alrighty then, if you have any questions for me, health and fitness topics you would like to request, or are interested in working with me on your health and fitness journey to a healthier, happier, stronger you, please feel free to contact me at renee at bodyandmindstrong.com. I hope you found this information to be useful, and if so, please click the subscribe button or tell someone else about this podcast. I would very much appreciate it. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Stay tuned for more episodes and helping you create a healthier, happier, stronger life for yourself. And make sure you're doing at least one thing today that will get you one step closer to one of your goals. Have a great day.